said. I said, look, he bore our sin in his body on the cross. And this was after getting him to finally admit that sin was a legal problem, not only a legal problem, but it's legal. And uh, that how is it that he bore our sins? And he said, he bore the penalty. And no, penalty is not the same thing as sin. So I had to really kind of, you know, really focus on him. And, and uh, in that regard, I don't think he did very well. Yeah, that was an interesting part of the debate. You kept on, it was towards the, the part where you guys were about to talk back and forth after you had done the statements. And uh, you kept on asking him about it again and again. Yep. Uh, and I guess you guys both did after shows as well. Um, so shout out to Follow Jesus for the super chat as well. Get a couple of super chats in here, Matt. You know about that. And uh, a couple people do want to ask you questions. Now we're trying to sure. ask ask this. So when people get the super chat, we give them a little priority. So Dr. Bob says, Matt, what are your thoughts on Hank Hanegraaff going EO? Did you ever work with him before? Should CRI remove him considering his current position? Those are three questions. Yeah, I, I've met Hank before. He's been to church with his sister, and um, I know stuff. From the early days, I've met Walter Martin, who founded CRI, and I know some stuff. And uh, let's just say that I'm not a Hank Hanegraaff fan, and his going into Eastern Orthodox uh, is just a demonstration to me, in my opinion, of apostasy. And uh, that he, I, I would, not, I cannot call him a, a brother in Christ. And I don't mean that I'm mad at him. It's just Eastern Orthodox soteriology is not Christian, not biblical. And how could he dare do that? And I, I just can't call him a brother. Well, you just said there, Eastern Orthodoxy, soteriology is not biblical. You're saying that the way the EO looks at how a person is made right with God is not biblical. Could you uh, give a few reasons why you say that? Yeah, because what they do is it has to be couched in the work of, or the failure of Adam. Adam sinned, and by sinning, he lost that glory reputation, that glory relationship, I should say, with God. And then when people are born, they're not born with sinful natures, so they're Pelagian. They're not born with sinful natures, but you sin by becoming, uh, I mean, you become a sinner by sinning. And then in that, what happens is your relationship with God is ruptured. Well, you got to get that relationship back. And the relationship is maintained through the Eastern Orthodox Church, its sacraments, baptism, uh, various things that it does by which grace is work, God works through you do what's called energies. The energies of God are basically um, the, uh, let's just call them the communicable attributes of God that are reckoned to us, given to us, and in working by God's grace in them, we can then manifest a position of uh, fellowship with God that then maintains our position with him, and then we can become justified later on based on all of this kind of a thing. And, uh, that's that's what it is. Basically, the theological term is it sucks canal water. What does that mean? I don't. That sounds like something uh, maybe a, a boomer tarp would say. Boomer tarp might say that. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it means. Uh, I just like it. It's like I say to people, man, what an MDW. And I got that from uh, medieval dickweed from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and I just like the term. <laughs> okay. So. Okay. All right, well, Matt, I appreciate you for being a good sport here. <clears throat> okay, so here we are, and, you know, we're talking about this debate you recently did yeah. with uh, Eastern Orthodox. Uh, why are you getting into debates with the Eastern Orthodox in the first place, though? How is this happening? You know, you've been doing a lot of atheists before, Mormons, Roman Catholics, and now all of a sudden we see 
a few debates with Matt Slick and Eastern Orthodox guys. How did that come about? Well, they started it. They started it. They started it. What happened is, uh, oh, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, I encountered some EOs. They want a piece of me, you know, because I got a reputation. And, and uh, so they would come up out of the woodwork. Man, let's talk. Okay. And so I started going, what? You teach what? And uh, and then lately, uh, they've been coming after me more and more. And so it's like, okay, you know, I got a ton to work on. But uh, because of this attention that they, they did, um, and someone said, hey, you want to debate this person? I go, yeah, yeah, you might as well. Uh, now, I, now I'm on. Now I'm on it. Now it's like, okay, I got books. I'm going to be studying. Uh, I prepped for that debate. I went through about 20 resources. And so it's got me hooked on learning about Eastern Orthodoxy. And I'm going to expand the section on karma on it and expose it for what it is, a damnable heresy. Why do you say, Matt, that Eastern, Eastern Orthodoxy as a system as a whole is a damnable heresy? Theologically, why do you say that? Because it does not teach that you're justified by faith alone in Christ alone and his work alone, but by your faith and works in cooperation with his work that combines in your effort to be able to get you saved. That's damnable heresy. So why do you think it seems there's a mild ascendancy with Eastern Orthodoxy kind of being on the rise. What, what do you think's going on there? Second Thessalonians 2, uh, 2, 2, I believe it is, says the apostasy must come first before the Antichrist is revealed. In my opinion, the Christian church as a whole is failing to be the salt and the light of the world. Christianity as a whole in Protestantism has adopted a kind of, uh, I call it hammock theology, uh, diaperinian. Uh, you know, feed me, burp me, make me comfortable in church. When I listen to music by varying groups, it's Lord bless me, Lord come to me, Lord fall upon me. And these things are okay, but you don't hear lyrics such as Lord shape me, change me, send me. You don't hear stuff like that. You don't hear other-centeredness, you hear self-centeredness. And so this is, I believe, is become, in part because of the humanist philosophy that's creeping into the Christian church. And humanism is man-centeredness, man's a standard, instead of submitting to the Word of God. And because of all of that, I think that the Christian church is going into apostasy. And uh, because of that, the Christians are not able to deal properly with biblical theology, and it makes room for false religious systems like Roman Catholicism and uh, Eastern Orthodoxy, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, and the like. But it doesn't seem like specifically Eastern Orthodoxy is kind of uh, it doesn't seem like Roman Catholicism is having nearly the same uh, uh, momentum as Eastern Orthodoxy right now. Uh, that's my observation. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know why. I think if I don't know, it's just I just think sometimes it's a fad that goes in because the Eastern Orthodox are getting better at defending their, themselves. The Roman Catholic Church is imploding in a lot of ways, so people aren't looking to that anymore. So they want something other than God-centeredness and God's predestination, God's election, God's sovereignty, God's greatness, God's mercy. They want uh, self-centeredness, and they can't turn to Roman Catholicism because, like I said, it's imploding. So here comes the the other kid on the block, EO, comes up and says, hey, we can uh, answer it. We're we're mystical. And so we're going to redefine a bunch of stuff, and that's what that's so people are going, oh, 
okay, let's look at it. And it kind of just, hey, it's a new thing, new kid in the block, let's check it out. For the West, uh, it is, it seems in many ways. And then it seems like maybe sometimes people's perception is, well, you know, this is kind of like got some of the positives we see. I'm not saying from my perspective or from their perspective. Some of the positives that we see from Roman Catholicism, except it doesn't seem to have the, the problem of the papacy, and it doesn't seem to have the same level of uh, right. liberalism. Now, I think that's partially a false perception. We've talked recently about this. And also, uh, it seems to not have many, as many scandals. I think is maybe that's, you know, I think people are perceiving that, and uh, there may be something to that. Um, now, I don't know if I have knocked Matt off. But Matt is not here, but he can call back, and so we'll see what he does, yeah. Uh, welcome back to Street Apologist Live there, Matt Slick. And so I'm glad you're debating, though, brother. I'm glad I've seen Dr. Tony Costa do it, but really I haven't seen that many Christians really get into this yet. So there's only a few. It seems like you're one of them. Your mic, I don't think your mic is plugged in. It sounds like you're using your... Uh, your computer uh, mic there, it's pretty muffled. Shout out to Dr. Bob. He's another person who knows something about this, and I think he's been doing a good job on the programs. Uh, he's been coming on uh, with me, at least. Shout out to an old-school S.H.I.E.L.D. squad member, Veckel. There, Matt, are you back? Yeah, I can hear you, but you sound like you're drowning in water. Your microphone is not, it's not the same mic as when you left. My guess is you, your input is probably wrong. Well, there, he just disappeared again. Matt Slick hates me. It's that simple. <laughs> He's what's going on. Well, so I wanted to have Matt on today because he has debated a few, a few times. And uh, there's <clears throat> the recent debate with Cobain on Sam Shamoon's channel. And I gotta tell you, brothers and sisters, that debate was a really good debate. Cobain was eloquent and articulate. Obviously, I disagree with most of his positions. And he was articulate, yeah. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Now you sound back to uh, classic Matt Slick. Right. He, he was um, respectful. I, I feel like both of them maintained well as far as that went, and so that was appreciated, I think, by the audience as well. And um, it's one of the better debates I've seen uh, so far when you talk about Protestants, especially Reformed Protestants, and Eastern Orthodox. And so uh, I think you, it seems like you agree, was a, the debate as far as the debate was a, a positive experience? Yeah, it was positive. Uh, he's polite, he's intelligent, but uh, he can't see Scripture for what it says because of EO glasses. Now, he's going to say that I can't see because of my Calvinist glasses, but um, I'm the one who's quoting Scripture, quoting the Greek, going into it and saying, what does it say? And he didn't do that very much except to go to the Old Testament and then submit the New Testament to the Old Testament. And I told him that's an exegetical problem. And uh, what the New Testament does is shed light on the Old Testament. And so, for example, in James 2 and, and Romans 4, uh, both quote, uh, I believe it's uh, Genesis 15, 6, Abraham believe, uh, believed God was credited him as righteousness, but they use it in different contexts, different ways, so they're shedding light on what it means. And what he was doing, as a lot of false religious systems do, is take the Old Testament context that suits them and then impose it upon the new. And that's not 
way it's supposed to be done. It does not mean that we ignore the Old Testament. As some of the commentators uh, were saying that I was saying, don't you know, don't use the Old Testament. And not at all. Uh, but this is uh, as one of his mistakes, I believe he was making. Now, uh, I did I did remember that part of the discussion. So listen, I, I want to tell everyone um, uh, if you want to hear a good debate on a very important topic between Eastern Orthodox and uh, a Protestant, that's a debate I highly recommend to check out. Uh, you can find it if you just put in Matt. Slick Cabane, and I believe you put it up on your YouTube channel as well. Sam Shamu right. was cool, gave you permission for that. And so right. it is at Carm Videos, everyone. And it'll say, Debate Man is Justified Through Faith Alone by the Imputed Righteousness of Christ, 8 7 2021. Um, check that debate out. Uh, again, uh, kudos to everyone involved. Sam Shamoon did a good job hosting, so did Prophet Google. And uh, Matt, I loved hearing your guys' interaction and dialogue. I felt like even when you guys disagreed, um, you know, everyone was able to really hear what was going on. And I was glad. Now, the live chat, the live chat probably wasn't as charitable, wouldn't you say? You mean the people who are uh, the Eastern Orthodox people and they're con condemning vitriolic uh, prose? Yes, as a matter of fact, I released the article today. I released my opening statement. So if you go to CARM, uh, you'll see the link for the video. You'll see the link for the notes. You'll see the link for the, I mean, not a link, but uh, for the notes, but the notes are in there, along with, at the bottom of the article, some of the comments made by uh, the EO people. Someone sent me a file of 280 pages of text. And so I, I'm an Excel whiz, and so I was able to do stuff in Excel. I could do all kinds of stuff in it and got stuff uh, organized and alphabetized and the whole bit. I extracted out certain areas that were worth uh, mentioning to demonstrate that the EO people were not charitable. Uh, they were condemning, they were mocking, they were sarcastic. And this is how they represent their uh, religious system. So uh, I think it's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> Matt, let me read some of these. Sorry, I'm just laughing. Too. Matt does the devil sign and loses the debate. Pre-sub match and watch him melt. So let's talk about that, Matt Slick. I don't know if you noticed, but it seems under the influence of Jay Dyer, who used to be reformed, so he says in a pre-sub, what the EO apologists are trying to do is take the power of presuppositionalism, which is a uniquely reformed insight and approach. It's consistent reformed theology. It's not consistent with other theological systems. Or they're taking a tactic because uh, they're viewing it as a tactic. Really, it's a methodology based upon theology. But they're simply looking, I think, as a tactic to gain tactical advantage. And they're trying to employ it. Now, I'm not saying Cobain went out of his way to do that. But another debate you had with a guy that is called Ananias Deacon, he did do that. Now, you don't really remember that debate you were telling me, but he wouldn't let you go to the Bible, the whole debate. Because uh, you actually refreshed my memory on it a little bit. He said I couldn't go to the Bible because I didn't have the authority to go to the Bible. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a, uh, it's a, it's a, if he wants to go pre-sub, he doesn't understand what he's doing. Because here's, just think about this. I don't have the authority to go to the Bible, all right? So I'm going to ask him, justify that statement. Because the ultimate issue is, what is your ultimate authority? If he's going to say that the ultimate authority is the Bible, I'm going to agree with him. And if he says that the ultimate authority is the scriptures and it points to EO, I'm going to ask him how he knows that. 
what he's going to have to do is admit that he submits the Bible to his interpretive methodology. And I'm going to tell him, well, why can't I do the same thing? He's going to have to tell me I can't because I don't have the authority. But where does he get his authority to do the very same thing he denies me to do? So he would be inconsistent in that. This is the application of logic. When someone wants to go precept on me, I love it when they do because they make a lot of mistakes. They really don't understand it. Presuppositionalism from the Reformed perspective says you presuppose the truth of the Christian scriptures and the Trinitarian God, and when you do, everything falls into place. That's what presuppositionalism is. If he wants to presuppose the validity of the East Orthodox Church, then he has assumed a certain position that's not the biblical position. He hasn't assumed the Trinitarian truth of God. He hasn't assumed the ultimate standard of God's word. He's assumed the standard of the Eastern Orthodox Church. So he's elevated that. He needs to justify that elevation. If he says, no, it doesn't, it just presupposes it. Every presupposition operates within a worldview. What is his worldview? My worldview is the Christian worldview. And because God revealed himself, we presuppose the truth of his revelation about himself. So he then becomes the ultimate standard. When someone like him would say, Ananias would come to say, EO, you to listen to this, say that you're going to presuppose the truth of EO, then you have to have that as the ultimate standard, and it would not be God who's the ultimate standard. But if you say God is the ultimate standard because it points to EO, I'm going to ask you to show me that. You can't just assume it. Show it to me. And they'll say, well, you're assuming the thing, same thing about God's word. But God says in his word it's inspired and is true, and that he is the way, the truth, and the life, because Jesus Christ, God in flesh. So I'm only referring to what he said about himself and the word. You have to be able to demonstrate that he's doing the same thing about the Eastern Orthodox Church, which they cannot do. So the, the uh, presuppositional thing that they're doing, I'm going to warn them now, it will bite them in the rear. They don't know what they're doing in that area, and, and they'll fail. Bloodflyer, Bloodflyer of London says, you don't have the authority to go to the Bible and other things Paul never said to the Bereans. He's saying that the Bereans did go to Scripture to check Paul. Yeah. Is the oh, yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah they did. And, and then yeah. check this out. <clears throat> uh, Red 7 Spartan, who I think is an ortho bro, says, that's not why, Matt. It's because you only know the Bible is authoritative because our church gave it to you. Be honest. <laughs> Come on, Matt, be honest. That. You so know. So the church gave it to us. Yeah. Yeah, Matt. So here's how it works. You know. Here's how it works. Here's how it works. There's a car out in my driveway, and uh, my neighbor bought me this car. My neighbor on my right side bought me the car, but there's a problem. It just it has everything except an engine. All I need is an engine. The neighbor on my left side comes over and he says, I, I, I got an engine for you. Now, the engine is this big and the car is this big. So he gets this engine, he puts it in, he says, I gave you the car. He said, I, I'm giving you the engine, so therefore I gave you the car. But that's not true. See, the Eastern Orthodox, like the Catholics, we gave you the Bible. Well, where'd you get that? Because God is the one who gave us the Bible, not your church. The church, the Christian church, recognizes Scripture. That's what they do. You didn't give us the Bible. The church is supposed to recognize it. Furthermore, did the Eastern Orthodox, the Roman Catholic Church, did they give us the Old Testament? No, because no. they're going to say that uh, the church began at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. That's their perspective, what I understand their perspective is. So that means that the New Testament wasn't even around. So what they're doing is saying, 
well, we gave you this much, which is not true, therefore all of it is given to you by what we did, and it's a logical fallacy. So uh, sometimes I like to say this, they couldn't argue their way out of a wet paper bag if it was greasy, pointed downhill, and had a neon light saying, this way to leave. You got a lot of interesting uh, turns of phrases there, Matt Slick. That's because I'm slick. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's something people say in Boise, Idaho, I don't know. Boise. Incidentally, I, it's getting hot here. I'm gonna. I have this thing. I can still talk. I'm gonna walk downstairs, turn the airco up a little bit, but I can still talk the whole time. Okay? Because I'm. Okay. Well, that's like it's getting hot in here. <laughs> well, it's upstairs. I'm upstairs at my house. See? I'm talking to you. Keep going. Wow. We're uh, <laughs> looking at the empty room. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I tell you but what. While you're doing that, I'm actually gonna yeah. play a clip from okay. your debate with uh, Deacon. Dr. Ananias, I think you guys All will right. appreciate this, and okay. uh, maybe we can get Matt Slick's reaction because apparently he doesn't even remember. He doesn't remember it. So let's play a little bit of it here. I think you guys will find uh, this interesting. Okay, tell me if you guys can hear this here. I can't hear it. No. Oh, let me see here. Barely. hear that or not you're saying you can't hear the audio from the from the debate yeah it's saying it's too quiet i wonder why it's doing that let me um let me see here what's the problem well i'm gonna do this another way i'm gonna i, I was trying not to have to do this i'm just gonna download the file and play it that way because apparently it's not it's not letting me just grab it there. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna download the file and uh, play it that way because um it's not not working with us here. All right, da, 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 da. and then we'll play it there. We don't need much. Okay, so uh, have you done two debates then? Even though you don't really remember this one, is it two debates that you've done, uh, Matt Slick, with Eastern Orthodox? I don't remember it. I, I don't remember how many debates I've done. I've done. I do so many impromptu discussions that sometimes people say, "See, we had a debate." I'm like, "What debate? Oh, you're lying. You remember that? What are you talking about? Who are you?" I get this a lot, and so uh, I don't. We are. I think we did that on Discord. I don't know if it was an arranged discussion because, to me, a debate is like, for example, ten minute opening, five minute rebuttal, you know, twenty minute cross exam, that kind of thing, moderated. But uh, sometimes you just have a discussion. You argue. See, you had a debate, and, right. and uh, you know. So I, people say this, and then they. Um, you know, okay. Point, point yeah, it seemed two. impromptu because it's not true. It's not in the beginning. Uh, you were asking what you guys were discussing. <laughs> there you go. You see. <laughs> like, there you what, go. What are we discussing here? <laughs> like um, Eastern Orthodoxy, which one's true? Okay, so let's let's take a listen to this. Now, what it is, uh, you're on Discord, and at some point, Jay Dyer actually pops in, even though he's not supposed to. And I don't know if you knew who he was at the time, but this is a little interesting. This is like nine minutes in. Let's check out some of this. Okay. In the canon. Um, well, clearly it doesn't. And so you, you have an ad hoc and unjustified claim to now argue simply because we agree with it. People agree with all kinds of things. The question isn't about what we agree on. It's... Who has the justification? Because this is really, do you know? It's not a true belief. 
somebody could get a lucky guess um, on something. What we're interested in is, um, is your belief true, and do you have justification for it? And so that's what I'm calling you out on, is that you can't simply say, well, it's there, so that's my justification. I don't agree with you. See, I'm not going to fall into that trap. Uh, if it's a Roman Catholic uh, argument that you're giving, we have to be able to justify what the scriptures are. No, I don't. So you assert that I have to. What I are assert, the scriptures? I assert that I don't have to. I asked you about the New Testament, and you volunteered that you agree that the 27 books of the New Testament are inspired. Well, let's, say, let's say you were talking to somebody else. Let's say somebody says... I'm not I'm talking no, to somebody else. else. Well, I'm talking then, to you. Then you're being disingenuous. Well, I'm trying to. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. Don't say I'm disingenuous. You don't know my heart. That's that's a ad hominem kind of an argument here. Okay. Let me, so let what me I'm asking you to do is the the issue is we believe that the Bible's true. Right. I can and ask you. What my argument is is you have no justification for that. I don't. So my question isn't. Well, you just said I don't need any justification for it other than. I, whoa, whoa. You're supposed to. You're supposed to have Ph.D. in philosophy. Yeah, this is what Not Matt does. Here he comes with his bullshit. This is what you do every time, Matt. This is why you're terrible. This is why it doesn't work, Matt. You, you're not... This is what we, and this argument. is what we do in philosophy. We look for justifications, and we call people out if they simply say that, I don't need a justification. It just is. Um, and that's right. just the word of God. I, I'm, so I'm about, ready to, I'm about ready to leave. I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to... Uh, so there, you're talking back and forth with Deacon Ananias, and uh, he's basically saying, hey, look, you can't go to Scripture because it's not yours to go to. First, I want to justify your belief that the Bible is the Word of God uh, when, you know, th he's essentially saying, and this is where the attempted precept comes in, he's just trying to say you're borrowing from our worldview because you, you're using the Bible, which is ours, and you can't. And uh, you keep on trying to read the Bible, and he won't. And then, uh, I don't think you, I don't know if you knew him at the time or anything like that, but Jay Dyer came in and says, here comes Matt with his BS and interjects all of a sudden. <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, I remember things like that from other discussions. Let me say something that I remember the, the thinking that goes behind the statement I made. I say the same kind of a statement. I was trying to point out a logic mistake. Not providing a justification is not the same thing as saying I don't have one. And that's why I was saying to him, look, you're supposed to have a PhD in, in philosophy. You should know the difference. And that he wasn't able to get it out. I remember that. I remember that because that's the logic issue that comes up. Because I do have a, a, a justification. I can get into that. But I, didn't, I wasn't going to play the game, as I said earlier. And so when I said that, they said, oh, you don't have one. I, I, no, that's not, that's not the case. I didn't say that. But uh, then they did. And when I said, look, I'm going to be leaving, it's because what had been happening, and I've learned how to, to get people to not do it, what they were doing is just dogpiling. And I go, I'm not going to play that game. If you, if you guys are just going to come in without having a discussion with one person, if two starts coming in and starts insulting, well, then we don't have a discussion. And I would say, I'm just going to leave. When you're ready to have a real discussion, then we'll do that. And that's, that's why. Uh, Bloodfire of London says the argument boils down to uh, Bible mine, therefore EO. And you see, there's another whole uh, thing that I, I work with. I do the same thing with the Catholics, and and I could I can go different directions. So I sometimes I'll say to the uh, Catholics, and I can do the same thing with an EO. They go, 
let's just say you gave us the Bible. Let's just say that's the truth. You gave us Genesis as well as Revelation, everything in between. Okay, what does it mean? They're going to say, well, we have the right to, to uh, interpret it. Really? Where'd you get that? Where does it say there's a logical necessity between we gave it to you, so therefore we're the ones who can tell you what it is. You haven't established you've given it. I'm just saying, what about that? Show me why that's a logical necessity. They can't do that. Yeah, let's listen to this one more time. I just want to see. So you're talking again on the Discord channel, Deacon Ananias, and then JDR comes in and says, here comes Matt Slick with his... BS. People were wondering who is that guy coming in. That that guy's is that's lady. That's Jay Dyer. He's a yeah, he's key prominent. Exceedingly rude. Yeah, Eastern Orthodox apologist, and he's the one who came in and did that. So I just want to listen to this section one more time because uh, I'm glad that the debate with Cabane wasn't like this. Then you're being disingenuous. Well, I'm trying to. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. Don't say I'm disingenuous. You don't know my heart. That's that's an ad hominem kind of an argument here. Okay. Well, so what I'm asking you to do is the the issue is we believe that the Bible's true. Well, I can ask you. What my argument is, is you have no justification for that. I don't. So my question isn't, well, oh, you well. just said, I don't need any justification for it other than... I, so whoa, whoa. Ad hoc, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to have PhD in philosophy. Yeah, this is what Matt does. Here he comes with his bullshit. This is what you do every time, Matt. This is why you're terrible. This is why it doesn't work, Matt. You, you're not... This is what we... And argument. this is what we do in philosophy. We look for justifications, and we call people out if they simply say that I don't need a justification. It just see that. Um, and right. that's just the word of God. I'm, I'm, so about ready to, I'm about ready to leave. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna. Yeah, work once one. My voice, you leave. Could you just? Call about could you just shut up for a second? I'm supposed to debate no, no, this. Okay, I'm supposed to debate this guy, not everybody else. <laughs> So uh, that's part of that debate. Right. So now, do you remember the debate? No, I don't remember too much of it, but I remember the kinds of things that are said. And I do not like it when I'm having a discussion with someone and someone else just jumps in and then it's a free-for-all. And, and, you know, it's like, excuse me, you know, you're being rude. Please not do that. And then Jay Dyer, he, I don't see how he's regenerate because his heart's full of vitriol, condemnation, mockery. I, I don't see that out of the bunch of the heart the mouth speaks, you know, uh, Matthew 12, 34. So I don't see him showing any of that uh, Christian charity. I believe he's an idolater and that it comes out as sinfulness does in that. So what I was trying to do was, was get the conversation to be polite and to talk at one, one point at a time and to demonstrate, no, the issue of the authority of the scripture doesn't mean I can't interpret it because there's other things I could go in and say, and one of the things I will normally do is go to John 11:35, where it says Jesus wept, and I'll ask them. I'll say, I believe that what it means is that he was shedding tears. Am I correct? What are they going to say? Well, yes, I'm correct. Well, then how can I say that if I don't have the authority of your church? And if you say no, I'm not correct, then what does it really mean? I'm saying he was crying. That's what it says. So I, I begin there and say, why is it you think we have to have authority to interpret? Where did you get this? Show it to me in your ultimate standard. And they don't want to do that because these guys know that if <laughs> given me half a chance using logic and scripture, I'll rip them to shreds. And they do not want that. They don't want that. They're not interested in that. Well, let's play another section uh, from the debate that I thought was quite insightful, quite instructive. Interject for a moment. Just one no, second. no, you wait a minute. He has gone, gone on for two, three, four minutes at a time. Oh, I've been patient. And then 
<laughs> yeah, I was. I, you know, I'm starting to remember more and more of it. I would say something, and it would go on for a long... It's coming back to me. They'd go on for a long time, and then I would try and say something. It cut me off and keep going. And it's, come on. Well, that's so, why I'm playing this. I think I've got this in the right section. This is only a minute clip. Check this out, everyone. Jack, I wish I could type in a the moment. Texture. No, yeah. no, you wait a minute. He has gone, gone on for two, three, four minutes at a time. Question. Answer my question. Should I or should I not tackle the Mormon's error with using the Word of God? Tell me. No. I because should not. I'm in a position okay. to affirm that it's the Word of God. So I should so not. You tell me. Don't use, don't use the Word of God against a Mormon. Wow. Who else would not want me to use the Word of God <laughs> against someone in a false religion? Who else would say something like that? Well, you're not even a position. You are a false religion. I know who would say that. So I know who would say that. Satan, Mormons, Satan Mormon would say that. Without Satan would not want me to use God's word against a Mormon to get him out of his false religion. The wicked twist scripture to their own destruction. How do you know Satan you're not the wicked one? one? How do you know you're not the wicked one? You're the one uh, yes. who avoids the word of God. Hold on a minute. Uh, Matt, Ananias, hold on a second, guys. All right. So, so two... do, do you remember that part where uh, you said, okay, should I be able to use uh, the Bible, the Word of God, in a discussion with a Mormon? And he says, no, because you're in no position to declare it's the Word of God. And then you said, uh, who else wouldn't want me to uh, use the Bible to get someone out of a false religion? Satan, that's who. <laughs> It's true. Satan wouldn't want me to use the word of God. Looks like you guys are having a lot of fun there, Matt. Well, uh, no, they, uh, I'm glad you're actually bringing this up because, um, because this is, it's bringing back to memory some of the issues and the approaches that they're going to be trying. And it's good because as I study EO more, I'll be more prepped uh, to be able to deal with those things before. But the thing is, what I'm, I'm starting to do uh, is I'm developing lists of questions yeah. from different groups, Mormons, J-dubs, atheists, uh, universalists, and things like this. And once I have each one released, I won't debate anybody until they answer all the questions. And the questions deal with presuppositions and uh, you know, soteriological issues, so I know where they're coming from. So when I do a debate, I don't have to waste time trying to figure out what they're saying. And so I'll be doing this with EO as well. And if they want to debate me from then on, answer these questions. And I'll answer questions you want me to answer as well. And then we can have a discussion. Uh, and also, one of the things I've learned because of uh, these kind of discussions is I won't participate in those kind of things anymore. It's going to be one-on-one. -on -one. And if, and if uh, this is what I do now, because that happened about a year ago, I think. And what I do now on Discord, where that conversation was, if someone wants to come in, to want to jump, I just, I just quiet, and then I wait for them to say, "Well, are you going to say anything?" Well, I only talk to one person at a time. And which one of you wants to talk to me? And we got to take turns. And that's how I do it now, and uh, it's just gotten a lot better that way. Well, unfortunately, in that same discussion uh, later on, I think Jay Dyer called you a gremlin, or a goblin, a goblin. Sorry, rather a goblin and a demon. Okay. But let's get away from that one for a second. I want to go back to a more serious debate with a better discussion, which was your Cobain discussion last night. And ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Matt Slick of Karn.org. And recently, uh, he's been debating a number of Eastern Orthodox people, kind of casual and somewhat formal. We played some clips, talked about them. 
and we're uh, looking at some different things in relationship to it. One of them was very recent. You can find his notes up at karm.org. You can find out on Sam Schoen's channel, Matt Slick, uh, as well as Karm videos. You can find it there. It was with Cobain. And um, one thing Matt Slick, uh, that Cobain said in that was he said, we are justified because of Christ making us internally righteous and God seeing that changed state. He's basically saying that God justifies us because we are actually righteous, not right. legally righteous. Now, to us, and I was talking to my friend Dr. Baba about this earlier, this confuses justification, sanctification, and regeneration. Maybe you can help distinguish and talk about those different aspects of soteriology. Do you remember that part of the discussion? Because this one was recent, so hopefully you remember it. <laughs> yeah, the, the idea of, of an internal change means that they themselves are the ones who are earning salvation by their effort and their work because it's a change in them that it occurs in concert with the energies of God. The energies of God are these things that propagate out of God that come into us we then use them, and then we, in the righteousness of God, in his work, are then able to perfect ourselves. And that's what EO comes down to. Ultimately, it's a self-perfection that is wrought by the energy of God in us, but we're the ones who have to manifest it, or they are the ones that have to manifest it. So this is the problem with the EO. What they want to do, and you also may remember this, uh, he brought in the ontological issue with the properties and things like that. And I, I kind of tried to politely warn him not to get into it too much because I could tell he didn't understand uh, the relationship of Antos with properties and relationships and one of the many issues and things like that. I didn't want to you know, get into that. But uh, what he was trying to say is there's an ontological change where we say, no, there's a forensic change. There's a logical problem with an ontological change. If there's an ontological change in our essence, are we still the same person? And this is a question that would have to be discussed. If they're going to say there's a change in our nature, well, then are we no longer human? If they're going to say there's a change in our nature, we're still human, then how is there a change in our nature? What is this? And this is a question I don't think they've thought through. And it's a question I would like to discuss with them to see when they say there's a, an ontological change in our essence and our nature. And if I were to tackle this kind of a thing and just focus on that kind of a thing, they might think that it's just uh, an exercise in futility, but it's not. These are where the, the critical issues need to be ferreted out and worked on. What exactly do they mean by some change in our substance, our, our nature, our essence? And if they're going to say that, then are we the same person, and how would they justify it? Because these are the questions that would relate to that kind of thing in ontological uh change and, and stuff like that, which is why don't get into that, you know, you won't be able to handle those questions in this, uh, in that format. Well, we'll get back to that. First, I'm going to look a little bit at the live chat here. Willie Westner says, what Max, what books does Matt Slick recommend on EO? Before Matt answers, let me recommend two. One is High Church Heresy, Exposing <laughs> Resurgent Catholicism and Orthodoxy. High Church Heresy by Kenneth R. Wyndon. That's one I recommend. Another one I recommend is Through Western Eyes, Eastern Orthodoxy, a Reformed Perspective by Robert Latham. Any you want to recommend there, Masley? Yeah, that's, I was going to recommend the second one that you did right there. Um, and so I don't really have any book recommendations because what I do is I have like 500 books on Kindle. 
and then I have Logos program. And so what I do is I just get a bunch of books, and I just do searches inside of different books and categorize them as anti-EO or pro-EO, and I just go inside. And so I don't read all of them. I look for the hot terms and topics because I have so much to read. I'm not able to read. Basically, it comes down to, you know, 5,000 pages. Can't do it. So that's what I would say is uh, those the ones that you recommended, they're fine. Uh, but I have some other ones, too, that I've been examining, and I wouldn't say I would recommend them, but if you want to study, it's like, it's like saying, how, what books would you recommend to study, the, study Mormonism? I'd say, well, get the Book of Mormon and Doctrine and Covenants. I don't approve of them, but you need to know what they are. Well, in that uh, light, the Orthodox Study Bible is, is one of them, and uh, I yeah. would suggest people get that. Yeah, because that sort of has a little uh, introductory-level commentary. And if right. you want stuff from the EOS perspective, uh, the Holy Standards, the, the Creeds, Confessions of Faith, and Catechisms of the Eastern Orthodox Church, and then uh, the Longer Catechism of the Eastern Orthodox Church, the yeah, Catechism of St. Louis, Moscow, and perhaps for as far as a, a perspective of history that's friendly to them, the Orthodox Church by Timothy Ware. Right. Got that, yep. Will be some ones from there. These are, you know, intro level things are helpful. Well, could, yeah. what, what, what do you think? Uh, do you think that the Eastern Orthodox is essentially making the same mistake that Rome makes with this idea of infusion instead yes. of imputation? Now they don't say infusion the way the uh, Catholic Church does. In paragraph 1999, it says, you know, the grace is infused into your soul. In Catholicism. Once you're baptized, uh, you, all of your original sin is removed. If you died right there, you'd go straight to heaven. But if you look over at a, at a person and lust at that person, you just, as a venial sin, you've lost a little bit of your grace. If you were to then die, you'd go to purgatory. So what you, anyway, so if you don't die, then you have to go back to the uh, priest who then absolves you, forgives you, and then, but you have to get that grace reinfused in your soul to be made righteous, uh, fully righteous again. So you have to go do the works. The never-ending treadmill of works. Right. It's sacerdotal, and which means that the priesthood has the right and the authority to administer the grace. Well, that's the same thing in EO. The priesthood has the right and the authority to administer the grace, and they have a treasury of merit. But I don't see them saying that grace is infused in the same sense mm -hmm. as Catholicism but that it's a cooperation with the energies. So it's, I, you know, to me, I, see, this is why I want to sit down with a calm, highly educated, highly intelligent EO person and, and ask questions. When you say energies, I've read articles on this, what do you, how do you define it specifically? And what I could do is ask numerous very detailed questions because I want to know it so well that I could teach it at their schools and they would say, that's what we teach. Well, first you need to grow that's a beard. Yeah, well, my wife, then no smooching. If I grow a beard, no smooching. My wife takes precedence. But, so, that's the way that is. Well, hey, that's I've why seen some old pictures. Hold on, I've seen some old pictures of Matt slicking a beard, though, when you were a real that, Calvinist. That was when someone challenged me when I said something about somebody in their beard, and, and his wife goes, at least my man can grow one. Oh. Went, Ooh. So, it was on, and I had to grow it. And once I did, my wife goes, okay, you proved your point. Uh, and, you know, so off it came. So. That's right. I've met your wife. She's a great lady. Uh, shout out shout out to her. It was, uh, it was very great to meet except her. For, except for taste in men. Yeah, people. seriously. Yeah. Well, if people want to know how you did it, they should read your book on it. Yeah, How to Woo and Win Women by Being an Obnoxious Jerk. Uh, it's on Amazon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just do it.
boy. I'm an expert. I am an expert at it. <laughs> I'm not just Dirk. Yeah, I know you guys think he's joking, but this is actually uh, not a joke. It's actual, actual book. Yeah, it's actually there. <laughs> okay, so we're looking at uh, some of these debates you've done. So you're talking about some of your plans going forward as far as Eastern Orthodoxy. Um, do you have anything scheduled as far as Eastern Orthodox goes coming up? No. no. Okay. No, I've got two uh, debates coming up on uh, one this uh, one this versus the Trinity. And one of the things that's interesting is I've been studying the Trinity now more and more for months. Not, not every day, but I mean, oh, and I'll go in, I'll put, put this, and I'll get another insight. And I've developed a, uh, a doctrine of the Trinity, a statement that I use with atheists, because atheists uh, like to attack Christianity, but they don't understand the Christian God. So I developed this this uh, this paragraph anyway. So I'm I'm studying that also. It's all I'm studying studying everything, you know. Well, Jane Norm gives a super chat, and here's what he says: um, If high church is heresy, then you condemn everything before the Protestant Reformation, including saints and everyone who gathered at Nicaea and Chalcedon. Maslick, do we think everything before the Protestant Reformation is heresy? No. <laughs> Why do the Eastern Orthodox say things like this to us then, Matt? Well, it's because is the, is the way of people. They overreact and misrepresent. Like uh, one of the texts in there said, you know, because I'm a Calvinist, they said, uh, if Calvinism is true, I was predestined to, to call it a heresy. Uh-huh. And, you know, they mock and they, they don't understand what they criticize. And I know Calvinism very well from Scripture. I can ask questions they can't answer. Like I did last night or the other night with, with um, uh, uh, Cobain. There was some stuff he couldn't answer. But, uh, you know, people, what they like to do is, is just learn enough that they think they've got it, and then they, they use that. But they're extremely uh, ill-equipped. It's like a white belt in martial arts. They've got a couple lessons under their belt, and they think they're going to be good. And they're actually dangerous. Um, I've done years and years of martial arts. My daughter has done years of martial arts also. And a white belt actually threw her incorrectly and broke her shoulder, broke her clavicle, because he didn't know when to let go. You know, you have to know what you're doing at certain levels. Well, the same thing with theology and logic. There's certain levels you need to get to before you can enter into these more advanced discussions. And that's, you know, be critical of people who are trying. It's just that a lot of times they don't recognize that they need to know some more. And I try and help them out with that. Excellent. Now, let's talk a little bit about, since he brought up uh, the saints and those who gathered I see in Chalcedon, it seems like that might be a good spot. And maybe this is one of the last things we'll discuss on this interview, perhaps, depends what else comes up, is uh, as it relates especially to the EO, because this gets into issues of authority, Tradition, especially tradition in relation to scripture. Before we do that, I just want to read a few quotes here from uh, early church writers because sometimes EO, uh, we get the impression that everyone's on their side, and uh, I think it's a little more complicated than that. Here's Irenaeus and Against Heresies. Listen to what he said, ladies and gentlemen. We have learned from none others the plan of our salvation than from those through whom the gospel has come down to us, which they did at one time proclaim in public, and at a later period, by the will of God, handed down to us in the scriptures to be the ground and pillar of our faith, end quote. Notice that Irenaeus is saying what they taught, the apostles, is 
in Scripture right here. And that's how you know about the facts of salvation. I think that's important. Let me show uh, something, another ancient testimony to Scripture by Tertullian. Listen to what he said here. This is in Against Praxis. Let us be content with saying that Christ died, the Son of the Father, and let this suffice, because the Scriptures have told us so much. For even the Apostle, to his declaration, which he makes not without feeling the weight of it, that Christ died immediately adds, according to the Scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15.3. In order that he may alleviate the harshness of the statement by the authority of the Scriptures, and so remove offense from the reader. Can you talk briefly about this concept as it relates to Eastern Orthodoxy and tradition? Because I feel like that's going to be important moving forward. Well, you know, I have a saying about church fathers, and I want it on a T-shirt. My church father can beat up your church father. <laughs> and what I mean by that is they disagree with each other. And how do you know which church father is the right one? And when we talk, and I have quotes on my website about church fathers who uh, teach sola scriptura and sola fide. And yet these guys will say, no, your reformed doctrines were never taught. Well, <laughs> sola fide was, sola, sola gratia was, and sola scriptura. In other words, faith only, grace only, scripture only. These things are definitely taught by uh, many of the church fathers. So when they go to that, you know, they, they want to, yeah, it's, it's a problem. But here's, here's another concept. This is out of 2 Thessalonians 2. Now we request you, brethren with, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and are gathering together to him, that you be not quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed by a spirit or a message or a letter from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let it no, no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes himself. Verse 5, do you not remember that while I was with you, I was telling you these things? Now that verse, 2 Thessalonians 2, 5, is really important. He says, look, when I was with you, I was telling you this. And what he's essentially saying is, you're getting it wrong. I was even there, and I told you, and you're getting it wrong. Let me write it down for you. What the Catholics and the Eastern Orthodox like to do is say their tradition is sacred, is authoritative, and all this stuff. Does it really appeal to that because it's their church fathers? Well, my question is, Paul the Apostle was still around telling the Thessalonians, and they were getting it wrong when he was still there. He had to um, correct it by writing it down. What makes you think all the church fathers did it? got it right what makes you think that well a lot of times it's only the ones they end up agreeing with you know it's that's another issue how do you know which church father to go with well because the eo church says so how you know the eo church says is true because it says so so in other words it's just saying itself so it's its own authority which they say gave you the bible so therefore they have the authority over the bible they're the final authority <laughs> we got Sifu saying, Tertullian was not a church father. He became a Manichaean. The idea there with these quotes is that what I'm doing is showing from the early witnesses. Let me show another one, because even if you say that, it seems like Tertullian is telling you how faith was being practiced in North Africa. But here, let me show you here. This is from John Chrysostom's Epistle to the Colossians. Listen to what he says. <clears throat> John Chrysostom, Tarry not, I entreat, for another to teach thee, thou hast the oracles of God. No man teacheth thee as they, for he indeed oft grudgeth much for vainglory's sake and envy. Hearken, I entreat you, all ye that are careful for this life, and procure books that will be medicines for the soul, if ye will not any other, 
yet get you at least the New Testament, the Apostolic Epistles, the Acts, the Gospels, for your constant teachers. If grief befall thee, dive into them as into a chest of medicines. Take thence comfort of thy trouble, be it loss or death or bereavement or relations or of relations, or rather dive into them, or rather dive not into them merely, but take them wholly to thee. Keep them in thy mind. This is the cause of all evils, not knowing the scriptures. That's a quote from John Chrysostom. Listen to what Athanasius said as he wrote to Macarius. For although the sacred and inspired scriptures are sufficient to declare the truth. And listen to what Cyprian of Carthage said. Nor ought custom, which had crept in among some, to prevent the truth from prevailing and conquering. For custom without truth is the antiquity of error. Hear that? Custom without truth. This truth Christ showed us to us in his gospel and said, I am truth, John 14, 6. Wherefore, if we are in Christ and have Christ in us, if we abide in the truth and the truth abides in us, let us keep fast those things which are true. One more. I'm sorry, Matt. I don't mean to read it. Just one more. Don't keep going. It's good stuff. This is Hippolytus. So this is the last one. <clears throat> and this is against the heresy of the one notice. There is, <laughs> there is, brethren, one God, the knowledge of whom we gain from the holy scriptures and from no other source it kind of sounds like sola scriptura for just you as send me those quotes i will just as a man if he wishes to be skilled in the wisdom of this world will find himself unable to get at it in any other way than by mastering the dogmas of philosophers so all of us who wish to practice piety will be unable to learn its practice from any other quarter than the oracles of god whatever things then the holy scriptures declare at these let us look and whatsoever things they teach these let us learn, and as the Father and as the Father wills our belief to be, let us believe, and as He wills the Son to be glorified, let us glorify Him, and as He wills the Holy Spirit to be bestowed, let us receive Him, not according to our own will, nor according to our own mind, nor yet as using violently those things which are given by God, but even as He has chosen to teach them by the Holy Scriptures, so let us discern them. End quote. So Eastern Orthodox to the Orthopros. Listen, you've kind of got a head start in a way because you guys are like a classically kind of a minority religion in the West. So you've had to fight and scrap and say, okay, how can we come against these, these Roman Catholics? How can we show these Protestants who's boss? And uh, so you're studying these things and some of you converted and you think you've, you've kind of got the juice, you got the goods now. Um, but what's happened is Protestants are paying attention now to your arguments. We're noticing what's going on. And you won't forever be able to get away with some of this. The unanimous testimony of the early church fathers, like Catholic answers, used to try to pull. And so I just hope people are paying attention. I, I get it can be fun at the beginning, you know, you're a young man to get on here and call everyone a soy boy and say mm -hmm. they're G-H-A-Y-E and all this other stuff. But we've got to move past that and the orthosphere, as it's called, because uh, people are starting to pay attention to this. And so that's why I'm glad Matt came on today. So, Matt, did you see anything in the live chat you wanted to respond to before we give you some final words here? Oh, I was doing some other stuff here, but uh, I can take a quick glance. If people want to meet me for another discussion after this, I'd be glad to open up a room where we can discuss if they're interested. Not to really take away your, your uh, viewers, but if they wanted to have a discussion, I can teach and answer more questions. Well, I think um, that's great. So that's up to them if they want to do that, to say yes in there, and I can, I'll put a little thing up on Facebook, CARM Facebook. Uh, hey, Carm M. I wonder who that is. This is not what was happening. He yields repent. That's right. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't see anything really worth responding to. What I'll do is I'll put up a little link on Facebook on Carm Org if people wanted to have a discussion with me really quickly. If not, no big deal. That's 
Awesome. Okay. I appreciate that, Matt. So what would your final words be to uh, both? Let's start first. Let's get final words to the Eastern Orthodox and the audience who are listening. They're hearing you. What, what would you say you would want to say to them? Let's say you could have a the few Eastern minutes. Orthodox? Eastern Orthodox. People who are EO yeah. or those considering joining. What would you want to say to them, brother? Well, once joining, I'm going to tell you that if you join the Roman, I mean the Eastern Orthodox uh, Church, you're on your way to hell. Uh, that sounds awfully grandiose and um, and just presumptive. But the issue is, what is the gospel? The Bible says, having therefore been justified by faith, Romans five one, and the Bible says we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law, Romans three twenty eight, and Romans four five says, for the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. And this is because faith is only as good as who you put it in. EO says don't put your faith in Christ alone. Put it in what Christ can do in you and your works with him, and that saves you. So it's not Christ alone. It's Christ and. And every single cult I've ever studied that uses the Bible always says it's Jesus plus something. And it's always that case. And so uh, uh, that's it. And uh, the Eastern Orthodox gospel is a false gospel because it adds human works and human effort to salvation. And uh, tell you what I'll do. I will open up a, uh, a chat uh, discussion thing on CARM Facebook. Uh, I'll put it in StreamYard. You guys can come in and we can talk. Appreciate okay. that. Last thing, All right. to the Christians who are engaging the Eastern Orthodox, what would your words be for them? Christians engaging the EO. Learn your own doctrine first very well. If you don't know what it is you teach, you can't correct what they uh, say. And a lot of Christians think that they understand their theology well enough, and a lot of them do, but a lot of them don't. And I would be willing to have a very serious discussion with people on the nature of the Trinity and uh, Trinitarian theology and soteriology, the doctrine of salvation, imputation, the whole bit, and just go bit by bit and lay it out biblically uh, so that they're interested. Remember, I've been doing this for 41 years. I've got literally thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of discussion on this. No joke, not hundreds, thousands and thousands of hours on it. Fascinating. Now, uh, I appreciate your time, Matt Slick, and I appreciate your work. Keep it up. I look forward to what you got going on. And again, I'm glad about the way that Cobain uh, debate went. I thought that was very well yeah. done. Shout yeah, he's, he's a nice guy. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. And uh, we'll continue this conversation. And uh, Matt, if you have the link, I can drop it in there. If you're saying you have a link now, you could drop it in there. Well, let's, I don't know if I can because. Oh, okay. Well, wait, maybe I do. Hold on a sec. Broadcast. I might be able to do this. If you send it to me, I could. Uh, okay, I can. I don't know how I can send it to you. I think I do it in text. Oh, there we go. Wait, is it going? Enter studio. Let's see if it'll let me go. Oh, yeah. Might be added in. So that's good. I got the YouTube URL. Right. Hey, pretty slick, huh? Yes. Uh, let's see. How do I get that in there? There's no way to put it in here. Well, you can email me or you can text me. I'll just text you on your phone. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, there we go. That's the uh, YouTube. And um, if people want to get in in StreamYard to talk, that's it. Okay? All right. And I'll put uh, both of those on Facebook. That's up at Carm Videos, right? 
go. Okay, let me uh, make sure. Let me before you go. I just want to make sure I got it. I, I think uh, so. Is it already? Is it already sitting there? Okay, no, it's not sitting there yet. 